Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is my lovely dapper friend, Christian. Christian, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I feel like I've had a little bit more sun than you, so you mustn't be getting out of the house enough. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do look a little more tan than I do, but uh, enough, about tan. Your, uh, enough about your sunning habits. So what, 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 uh, what the special guest do we have lined up today? Well, we have Naomi Buckwalter, and she is a virtual chief information security officer based out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Awesome. I've been following Naomi for a long time on LinkedIn. She's a phenomenal person. So we'll take a brief pause here. We'll bring Naomi in and let's have an awesome conversation with her. So Naomi from Philadelphia, most recently and presently, welcome to Cybersecurity Matters. Hey, what's up? I'm happy to be here. <laughs> It's so good to have you. So we have a first question out of the gate so that we can get to know you. Tell us how you initially got involved in such a strange career as cybersecurity. Hey, it's not that strange. I think it's fun. <laughs> uh, well, I think a lot of people moved from one kind of security adjacent role and moved into security because showed an interest in security and took on a role because someone gave me a chance. So back in the day, I was a developer for a company called Vanguard, a very huge multi-trillion dollar mutual fund giant. I would be surprised if you haven't heard of it. But I was there since, uh, I guess, 2003. Wow. So around 2006, uh, somebody on my team asked for a security champion. I raised my hand. I said, I'd love to be a security champion. What is a security champion? And uh, took me to a couple security conferences, gave me some training. And there I was, a security champion. And I realized I wanted more. So I ended up taking a class in hacking. And then I said, wow, hacking, I'm going to do that. So raised my hand again and I said, hey, application security team, do you need anyone on your team? They said no. And I was like, well, I'm awesome. How can you not want me? Uh, I was annoying enough where the hiring manager said, fine, 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 we will give you a chance. So he created an opening just for me. He had a position open for a senior level application security engineer, but he opened it up for me, an entry level person. So gave me a chance. And that was back in 2008 or so. So Ever since then, I've been doing full-time security. So I'm sure that between then and now, there are more details that we would love to know about you. But uh, let's move right in because our time is super uh, limited here today. I want to talk to business owners and uh, basically small and medium-sized businesses here and kind of answer the question of the title of our show, which is why does cybersecurity matter? Why is it important to uh, small and, and mid-sized organizations in your point of view? Oh my gosh, such a great question. It's the first time I've heard this question, so I appreciate that. So so here's the thing, like cybersecurity, it's everywhere, right? And you're hearing things in the news, and it doesn't matter how big or small you are as a company. Uh, according to, I think, the Verizon Data Breach Report, the VDBIR or something like that, Data Breach Investment. Okay, so uh, actually back in 2019, when this the last, the most recent one came out was this year. But in 2019, they reported that 43% of all data breaches occur and can be attributed back to a smaller mid-sized business, which is really just a company that has 500 or fewer employees. So 43% of all data breaches. So just being a small company doesn't make you completely like in the shadows. You're going to get breached just because you're interesting to somebody. Uh, in the case of like something like the Target hack, right? We had the HVAC system 
the HVAC company get hacked first. They pivoted into the target the credit card. So just because you are a small size business or you you think you're not interesting, that is an absolute falsehood. You are interesting to somebody, if not just to pivot to someone else. But your data is interesting. It can be sold. People like to wreak havoc. Hacktivists. There's plenty of people willing to do damage just because they can, where they're trying to extort you for money. So I always tell people. Security is everyone's responsibility, and even though you're a small fish, you are still a tasty fish. So please take security careful、uh, seriously. I, I, Naomi,、uh, as you know, I absolutely love your energy. You know, I, I know you, you and I've been connected on LinkedIn for for quite some time, and you always have just so, so, such tremendous energy to you. And、um, we're really, really, really、uh, thankful to have you on the podcast. And one of the questions I wanted to、um, get your insights into was,、uh, I think maybe more so from a mid market perspective. So we're seeing more and more organizations. Creating a cybersecurity function for the very first time, you know, as we've seen cybersecurity, you know, sort of become go from just being something enterprises worry about to now something that sort of the mid market worries about.、Uh, how how could a organization start creating a cybersecurity team? What what should some areas of focus be? Oh gosh, yeah. So in a smaller, mid-sized company, starting a security program, I've done this. This is my third time starting a security program from scratch at a smaller, mid-sized business. I love it because you get to do so much. Like think about your role in a small and mid-sized. You're not just pinpointing your or pigeonholing yourself into one particular role. I love it about just small businesses. So I will say, if you are a small and mid-sized business. Considering using your anybody within your company that has an interest in security, it might be your IT admin, it could be a developer, it could be anyone like an administrator, anyone who has a basic access to a lot of different things. And you could say, hey, if you're already in these systems and you already have visibility across the organization, you'd be a perfect fit to help us level up our security because. If you ask any executive on any board, are they going to say no? We don't care about security. Like that will never be an answer, right? Like, do you care about security? Oh yes, I yes I do, yes I do. And they'll raise their hand. They'll they'll sing your praises, security all day. But then if they don't have anything to back that up, right? They don't have the budget. They don't have the headcount. They don't have policies. They don't care. They don't get a seat at the table. Then you know they don't really care. But so what you want is to find somebody really passionate and hungry to learn and get their company better. So someone with a high level of engagement. Find someone and be like that person would be a really really good communicator of security culture. And I know they're smart enough to learn the security things behind it because guess what? We were never born with the security knowledge that we have. We can all learn it. So find the right person and give them the opportunities, even if they're by themselves. Give them the opportunities to learn. And give them the safe space for them to like practice their things, and then slowly give them that、uh, ability and option, those visibility across the organization to make real impact and build real security culture. Because that's all really, really takes. It's just one person with the energy and that passion and the ability to influence and persuade, and that's what we're looking at these days. No, I I love that empower empowering energy and empowering mindset, Naomi, and、mm-hmm. that's what bring, brings me to to my next question, and I'll try not to to, to butcher it, but I'll I'll try anyway.、Um, what we're seeing with um uh, with like uh, HR uh, teams in, in particular, where um if an HR person or personnel is responsible for creating many of these cybersecurity job descriptions. More and more, what we're seeing is these are, especially if it's a first-time cybersecurity role, they're basically googling, you know, cybersecurity analyst or something like that, a job description, and they're piecing together this Frankenstein of a of a job description where it's often、uh, they're basically looking for a unicorn.、Um, how, how do we 
better inform people in HR around sort of the job descriptions for cybersecurity, and especially for organizations where they are creating a security team for the first time. Yeah, for sure. So if you think about it, security is already happening in a company, even though you don't have that title of a security person, security is already happening. It's just happening ad hoc. It's happening very informally. People are taking their normal roles and doing security on top of it, which is what they should be doing, honestly. But there's no centralized person. There's no policies. There's no governance around security. So what you should do, HR person, is take a look around your organization, see what kind of security activities are happening right now, and see which ones are just too much or beyond the skill set of that person. So take an engineering leader, for example. They are most likely doing security on top of their job. So they're keeping the lights on, they're building new great functionality, they're changing the world, and on top of that, they're securing all their things. So you take that layer and you say, how much security work is, you know, how many security questionnaires are you filling out, security person or engineering person? And they'll be like, okay, that takes up 20% of my time and it's killing me, right? How many times do you have to talk to customers about security? Oh, that takes up another 25% of my time. So you start kind of adding up the things that they really shouldn't be spending their time on. And you take that part out and you put it on the job description. You said, hey, we want you to fill out security questionnaires. Great. Hey, we want you to talk to clients. You're taking up pieces of that, uh, the roles that are currently happening, like the security activities that are happening in the roles in the organization already, and you're taking them, you're putting into the job description, you're not going out to Google, you're not looking like, oh yeah, that looks great, you know, and copying 18 bullet points into a job description. That doesn't apply to your company. Your company's already doing security. Now you just want to be smart about what you want to pull away from the people who are already doing more than one job. And you're putting into a single security or a single job description. And then you're kind of padding in on top and be like, hey, you want to make sure that you have experience doing this already, right? You have experience building uh, DLP or, or email security or things like that. You're like, you just want to be better in IT security in general, and then leveling up in governance, adding more information security policies and things like that, and just gradually getting a little bit better. But start with the basics, and the basics are really the things that are currently being done within your organization. No, I, I, I love that approach, Naomi. And, and, and um, I, I, I guess a slight extension to that question, to, to a certain degree, uh, uh, is the notion around um, I guess uh, let's put, put I guess of, of years of experience or perceived years of experience, where you know I often find, especially amongst my security colleagues and peers who are hiring, uh, even now, now shifting away from HR, now more so from a hiring perspective, um, there's still that mindset of the oh this person only has one year experience, they're no good to me. Uh, I need someone who's working for work for 15 years, but is still okay with having a junior security analyst. A, a, a title uh, um, uh, 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 assigned to them. Uh, are we doing ourselves any favors in the or misfavors, I suppose, in the cybersecurity industry in terms of our current hiring patterns? You know, what can we do differently? What can we do better from a hiring perspective? Yeah, I always say this. I don't think there's a skills gap at all in cybersecurity. Like in the entry level roles, like a lot of people are studying and they're taking certs and they're building home labs and they're writing blogs and stuff. I don't think we have an entry level skills gap. What I do think is there's a demand gap for entry level. So what we can do is take our, our exact job descriptions that are written for the mid senior and the senior level uh, roles and then kind of just like making it a lot 
easier to, you know, just take out the ten, five years of experience requirement for an entry level, take out the CISSP. So take whatever you have and just start filtering out the things that you know people aren't going to have. If you're hiring for an entry level role and you're asking for 10 years of experience in Kubernetes, which doesn't exist, right? Like start being really smart and deliberate and focused about the things that you actually need. And here's an interesting statistic. I don't know if you know this, but if you have seven or fewer bullet points in your job description, you're going to end up hiring a lot more diverse talent, especially women, because women like to see, they like to fill all the requirements before they're like, I'm going to apply to that. Whereas on the other side, men are a little more comfortable saying, I only have about half of these. I'm going to apply. Okay, great. You know, so limit it to seven. See if you can do that. That's a challenge to everyone listening here. Take your job description limit it to seven bullet points, and then you know that's exactly what I need for this role. It doesn't really matter what level role, by the way, like it can be entry level, it can be senior. Um, my position was uh, written as a VP of information security and it was written with seven bullet points. And our, our company does this on purpose. We'll take seven bullet points and you have to be really deliberate about what you want this person to do. And uh, don't try to fill it in with like, you know, I've seen things with like 30 or 40 bullet points. Don't do that. So be really deliberate and understand what you need. So again, ask across the organization, what kind of security activities are happening right now? And then try to like envision and, and talk to people within the industry about what else you might be needing, because not every single thing that you need in security is being done. Obviously, you want to fill in those gaps and be really deliberate about it. So the HR person, the hiring team, they need to level up instead of just hiring someone for security to find, like fill in all the needs for security and be like, this person is just going to do security for us and we're, we're going to forget about it like it's a partnership right everyone has to take security response their responsibility is also security so um across the organization so if you take accountability for it then you you know you're going to hire the right person because you're in partnership with that person and you're not just sending them off into the void to do the security things I, I absolutely love your wisdom, Naomi. And for our listeners and, and, and viewers, if you're not following Naomi already on LinkedIn, please please do because she has absolutely phenomenal daily wisdom that's well worth uh, following. Uh, Christian, uh, I guess we're running low on time, but uh, final question over to you. I, it's a big question. We don't have enough time for you to answer it completely, but I would love for you to take a crack at it in, let's say, two minutes or less or 90 seconds or less. Just want to revisit a thread that we were talking about earlier. So you're talking about how data is valuable, just kind of dialing it down to super basics. So you need to protect it. So we're talking in this conversation about you know, what do we need to do about protecting the data? But the question that I have is who are we protecting it from? In other words, okay, who are these cyber criminals? And you know how big is the threat? Like I, I heard that you know by 2025, it's going to be north of uh, $10 trillion, uh, I guess in today's, uh, today's uh, terms. <laughs> I heard that too, yeah. T yeah. Today's, today's money terms. Um, uh, so how, what, who are we protecting it from and how well are business leaders uh, and security uh, champions doing against these criminals who may be doing a better job potentially at communicating and working together and collaborating? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, cyber criminals run all different uh, types of lifestyles. You've got those APT groups are very organized. Organized crime groups have their own nation state actors who are sponsored by their own governments. Uh, we have the, uh, you know, the crime by circumstance, like the people who see a car door that's open, they go in there and steal. So you're going to get script kitties. You're going to get people who are just 
interested in in doing that for once, you know, or people who are desperate, like they're, they're hey, I need money to feed my family, right? So it really is just a sometimes a crime of opportunity. But in general, you're going to see a lot more of that organized uh, criminal groups, the APT groups, so those advanced persistent threat groups, threat groups, uh, and then you're uh, you want to protect against all of that, honestly. Even the malicious insider or sometimes the unsuspecting insider, they help with, uh, you know, the organized criminals. So in general, it could be really anyone. Just the fact that you're on the internet and you have a public presence, that makes you interesting to somebody. Of course, doing your threat profiling is very important. So if you are listening to this and you don't know what threat profiling is, look it up on Google. There's plenty of frameworks that you can follow. Uh, you figure out what your industry is and um, what other historical data can support the fact that you have a certain kind of threat profile. So you use historical data and and kind of like the same industry band or whatever. And then you see who else is being attacked, right? And you're like, oh, those are the same exact kind of threat actors that I'd be looking at. But again, uh, be creative and try to find uh, reasons why you'd be interesting because you're always going to be interesting to somebody, for sure. That's awesome. I love it. That was a, that was a, that was a great answer for, 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 for 90 seconds. Naomi, Chris and I are so grateful for you, uh, that, uh, that you were able to join us today on the Cyber Cream Matters podcast. Thank you again so much. We thank really appreciate you. it. And um, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, thank you again so much. And uh, Chris and I will be back momentarily to wrap up today's episode. That was certainly one of the shorter conversations we've had, but that was a very high energy combo with Naomi. Uh, Chris, what was your key takeaway from that? Yeah, I really do wish it was longer as well. Uh, my key takeaway is that she started out in cybersecurity as a cybersecurity champion for the organization that she was in. And she also said that it just takes one person to start championing cybersecurity. That is the catalyst to get things rolling. And I have to say, before you respond to that, uh, another thing that she said that really hit me was that small fish are still tasty fish for cyber criminals. So, okay, maybe that your small and or mid-sized organization you perceive as not uh, a real target for cyber criminals, but it still tastes good. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a really uh, key takeaway for me as well. You know, you, you took the fish right out of my mouth, so <laughs> I think we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 stick with that. But again, really really engaging conversation with Naomi, and um, as always, I want to make, extend a special thank you to our loyal listeners and viewers for uh, carving a little time out of their week to to spend with us. Uh, please do uh, check out previous Cybersecurity Matters uh, podcast on our uh, YouTube page as well as on uh, any of the popular podcasting platforms. Simply search for Cybersecurity Matters, and make sure you, you subscribe for those, for those updates. Uh, but until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. We'll see you next week.